So uh, what happened in the big game last night, Rick? Uh, unbelievable. Well, I'll tell you, Golden State looked good for quite a bit of the game. Steph Curry was up by 13 at the half, but unfortunately, uh, good old LeBron with a 34-foot shot with one eye after he got poked in the eye and was, you know, really making a big deal out of it. He had a 34-footer over Steph to win it, 103-100, and the Lakers move on. Golden State was up 13 at the half? Yeah. I tweeted it out. Steph Curry was doing the wink, and I says, I think he's stealing my slick brick wink. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that couldn't hold on, huh? Nope, could not hold on. They, you know, they, they, they missed a lot of shots. Steph had 37. He led all scores. LeBron had a triple-double. He had 22, but uh, he sounds just like hit he that needed, key shot. Sounds like he needed 43. He needed 43. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, 40 would have been a tie. He needed 40, 41. Yeah, well, he hit it with 58 seconds to go. So like we said earlier, it wasn't a buzzer beater, but they, uh, they didn't do a good job handling the ball and trying to get it to Steph. Basically, the Lakers just converged all over Steph Curry, and they said, let somebody else beat us, and they didn't get the ball to anybody else. So. Okay. All right. Well, I know there's uh, lots of sports coming up. Uh, Rick Emirati will have that live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in on a Thursday night. Lots to talk about. Tomorrow night. Uh, Real America's Voice will be covering uh, Matt Gates and Majorie Taylor Green, and they'll be out in Arizona, and uh, they will be covering it, and it could dip into our two hours, and we'll be prepared to throw it to the fine team uh, out there in Arizona covering this tomorrow night. So tomorrow night will be an end-of-the-week Friday show. We'll ha- try to have some fun, do some of your emails, and we'll get ready for Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Green out there in Arizona. Uh, Paul's off tonight. Rick Delgado's here with the news tonight. First of all, how are you? I am well. What's uh, got your fancy in the news today? Anything? Well, uh, what's coming up? Believe it or not, we're going to hear from Bill Barr of all people. Remember him? No. Who was he? Oh yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> he actually crawled out of the uh, crawled out of the woods and had something to say. Was he in the woods with John Durham? That would be my question. No. Uh, Maybe not. Uh, okay, good. So Rick will have some news. So, uh, I, I mean, one of his stories, I'm assuming, is going to be what's going on with Israel. And obviously, we haven't gotten too much into this. But the more you hear the rhetoric around the Democratic Party and in, their, in the left-wing media, it is really quite astounding to think um, could, and to listen to President Biden. Could you imagine... 4,000 or so missiles fired into the United States, let's just say under a President Trump, and him spending any time listening to one word of another leader from around the world saying, hey, well, you know, you, you need to, uh, you guys need to de-escalate here, anything you're, you're doing. Uh, but that's what's happening. Joe Biden is telling, and now they've worked towards this ceasefire somehow, that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu needs to, like, tamp it down. It's time to de-escalate. 4,000 missiles. Wow. Not of their choosing. Uh, missiles, by the way, that were um, directly come, come from Iran. 4,000 of them aimed at everything that they could aim, Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, and anything else they can aim them at. 4,000. And what is the president of, of what should be Israel's strongest, strongest ally, the president of that country, uh, us, he says, well, I mean, you, know, you, you need to kind of tamp it down here. And, uh, yeah, you shouldn't retaliate so hard. Yeah, don't, you know, I know you're a sovereign nation and all. Well, don't, don't, you know, don't retaliate. Don't defend yourself. It's quite, it's really unbelievable if, if you take what's going on there and try to apply it to any other situation. I mean, to think that anyone would tolerate that, 
or that you would expect anyone to tolerate that is just astounding. And again, these missiles mainly manufactured in Iran, provided by Iran um, to Hamas. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, what is he doing? He's trying to get back into the Iran deal. Yep. He's sending all kinds of money. Now you have Bernie Sanders trying to uh, make sure we don't supply Israel with any more arms. He's trying to get that passed. I mean, equate it to this. This is, this is the way the liberal mind thinks because they're stupid. Um, so say somebody walks up and punches you in the face, Damon, right? They, yeah. they, they, they out of nowhere, just haul off and clock in the face. Mm-hmm. Then as you turn, say, all right, I guess we're on. We're going to throw hands. That person holds a baby up in front of their face and says, you can't hit me. That's exactly what we're dealing with. Well, I'll take Joe Biden's advice to that situation, and I'll shoot him in the leg instead of. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to swing hands. I can, tell you, I can tell you that. That's not happening. But, that, but that's, that's, that's what the, the international community is basically doing. That's the way the Palestinians play the game. And that's the way the terrorists play the game. It's like, oh, well, you know, you guys are killing innocent kids. Well, you guys are using the innocent kids. To, you're draping them over your missile sites. We're telling you where we're going to take it out. We're telling the people to get out of the way. The fact that you're pushing these kids and these innocent people there, that is on you, the Palestinians and the Elon Omars and the, the whoever else is in the squad, the AOCs of the world. It is blood on your hands because these are the people you support. You give them cover. You talk about them positively to the press. And you don't, do, you don't say word one about their abhorrent behavior. That's the problem. Not only speak positively, all of them, plus Biden, really, um, they want to, they pressure Israel to surrender to Hamas more than they ever say anything about what Hamas is doing. 4,000 missiles lobbed into Tel Aviv, Jerusalem. Like we said, I mean, they, they're, they're pressuring Israel as if they're doing something as if they're the abhorrent ones. Yeah. Biden, what's Biden doing? I mean, Biden is so out of control when you think about where we were just not even a year ago with the Abraham Accords, what was going on in Israel, the peace we are seeing. We saw none of this in four years. And Biden comes in, you've got total disarray because he's weak, because they know it, because he's... um, well, he's just weak. I mean, weakness is really what leads to all of this. Yeah. Plus, he turned on the money spigot again for Iran, so they can start shipping the the money and the and the missiles over to Hamas. Turns Let's turns that on. Um, then then says you need to tamp it down. Then he lifts sanctions on this a Russian oil pipeline, which is a huge like slap in the face to Israel, and it's just a huge boost to Russia, so that Russia's thinking, oh, God, with this guy, we've got it so good. Yeah, not only that, but, but it, it, it empowers Russia to take over or pretty much control Europe. Now Germany and all the European nations are going to start to depend on this pipeline. But meanwhile, that's okay. It takes care of the Russian oligarchs, takes care of the Russian energy companies, but he shuts down the XL pipeline here. Um, and you know, don't look at that though. Don't look at that. That's, that's, you're not supposed to talk about that. So instead of me trying to, you know, and I've said this for a long time in the show, whenever you want, um, well, we got a player right now. Let's go to uh, cut 32 G when you need to know what's really going on, go to sky news. It's so much better than any media we have here in the States. Here's their take. Play this the reason. These photos are so powerful. Of course, is because they trigger an emotional 
rather than a rational response, which is why the media and the left-wing propagandists love them. So much easier to tug at the heartstrings than to offer up fact, reason and logic. Currently a war is raging in Israel and here is the photo that tells you everything you need to know about the history and the future of this conflict. This is what is called the Iron Dome at work in the skies above Israel. On the right hand side of the photo you can see the deadly rockets being fired out of Gaza in an aggressive and deliberately offensive act of war designed to kill and maim as many innocent everyday Israeli citizens as possible. Those rockets, by the way, have been supplied by Iran, funded in part by the Obama-Biden administration and indeed by countries such as ours via our donations to the United Nations. Now, on the left-hand side of the photo, looking like something out of Star Wars or Close Encounters, you can see the Iron Dome, a technological miracle that allows Israel to shoot those Iranian and Hamas rockets out of the sky in a purely defensive act designed to save citizens' lives. Now, allow that to tug on the logical side of your brain rather than tug at the emotional strings of your heart. On the right-hand side, a barrage of deadly missile, missiles supplied by the terrorist Iranian regime to the murderous thugs of Hamas designed to kill Jewish men, women and children as they sleep in their beds. On the left-hand side, a highly sophisticated and remarkable defensive system designed through ingenuity and necessity over many long years to protect lives. That is the story of the Gaza conflict and the history of Israel and Palestine. Pretty much everything else you will hear is obfuscation, distortion and lies, including this insidious rubbish that the Palestinians are the victims courtesy of the pernicious moral relativism of the left, peddled incessantly by the mainstream media and spouted by fools such as the creepy former leader of Pink Floyd, Roger Waters. <laughs> Unless some pressure is brought to bear upon the Israeli government to stop their ferocious, uh, murderous attack upon on Gaza. What rubbish. Of course, this disgraceful performance by Adam Bolton on Sky News in London, interviewing the Israeli ambassador, Tsipi Hotoveli, United Nations, its duty to say that Hamas is committing a double war crimes. Right. One war crime is they're shooting from civilian areas, and the other one they're shooting to civilians. So they are committing double yeah, but as, war as crimes. As you well know, the United Nations has repeatedly said that the settlements are illegal in international law and should cease, and those are continuing. But they need to condemn terror organization, which is recognized by well, Britain and by United States, that is now shooting uh, into civilian it, all population. All I'm saying is a bit rich to say the United Nations should do something when Israel is ignoring what the United Nations has said in the context of settlements. Can I ask you something? What would you do if Britain was under a fire? What would you do oh. if London was under fire and Rock were throwing on your house. What would you do? Do you think Britain would have sit in well, silent, not protecting its citizen? Do you expect any sovereign country uh, not of to course, protect its of citizens? Of course you can protect citizens. The question is the retaliation uh, and the attacking of <laughs> no, civilians he, he in could be Gaza right on and elsewhere, any day. <laughs> which, <laughs> as we know, like once again day. is leading to disproportionate suffering uh, on the Palestinian side.
oh, 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 disproportionate, <laughs> oh, oh, settlements. So just to be clear, in the eyes of the woke left, Israel should sit back silently and allow its citizens to be blown to smithereens by rockets and bombs because of complicated historical reasons. There are some disputed Jewish settlements out in Judea and Samaria on land that, by the way, for over three and a half thousand years has been the home of the Jews. That's your lefty logic. Oh, and if Hamas fires thousands of deadly rockets into the suburbs of Tel Aviv, if imams call for Israeli Muslims to rush out and buy cheap five shekel knives to slit the throats of their Jewish neighbors alongside whom they have lived peacefully for decades, as they have done, if synagogues are burnt to the ground, oh, that's all hunky-dory. But it is disproportionate. What a vile word, disproportionate of Israel to defend its people. How dare the Israeli government stop Jews being killed? Well, may Adam Bolton hang his head in shame. Yeah, there you go. And that, that's, that's news. That's reporting. It's, well, certainly better than I could have done it, which is why I showed that to you. The Sky News in Australia. And with a great they, accent. They pull accent. no punches. Yeah. Studio 6B, 17 past the hour on a Thursday. Glad you're in. Uh, Paul Nolan's off tonight, actually. Rick uh, Emirati's going to do sports coming up. How's that Islander game going? Not too good. It's one nothing uh, Pittsburgh leading in the Coliseum. Second period just underway. Okay, very good. Uh, Gio Fran here holding it down as usual. Uh, Rick Delgado's going to do the news tonight. We'll do it some right now. What's going on, Mr. Delgado? Well, uh, somebody has emerged from their, their winter slumber, and that person is former Attorney General William Barr, Bill Barr. He has come out of his public hiatus. He, he, he appeared sometime today. I guess he saw a shadow or something. Decrying the rise of militantly secularist government-run schools and suggesting that new curricula steeped in progressive ideology may violate the U.S. Constitution. In his first speech since leaving office in December, Barr suggested that the new era of school choice vouchers may be parents' best defense against public schools' curriculum he suggested were anti-religious. He said, and I quote, now in many places of the country, the state of our public schools is becoming an absurdity that can scarcely be believed. Uh, he also said, while an astonishing number of public schools fail to produce students proficient in basing basic reading and math, they spare no effort or expense in their drive to instill a radical secular belief system that would have been unimaginable just a few years ago. He cited the example of an Iowa public school district's transgenderism study that declared that everyone gets to choose if they're a girl or a boy or both or neither or someone else or no one else gets to choose for them. One thing we know, this is not established science, he argued. It is a moral, psychological, and metaphysical dogma of the new progressive orthodoxy. He also suggested that the new woke curricula pushed by the far left might infringe on religious and speech freedoms and impose a secular theology that violates the Constitution's Establishment Clause, prohibiting government from imposing religious beliefs. So, 
That's uh, from Bill Barr. He had a lot to say. There's actually a uh, an audio file on Just the News. If you click on this uh, click on this story, you can listen to the entire thing. Was this on John Solomon's podcast? Yes. Yeah. Well, we we talked a little bit about the fact that the left. Uh, well, they own the language now. They own the classroom. They own the media. They own. They basically have taken control of all of the instrumentalities of society, unfortunately. And we've got to try to figure out. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know what we have to figure out. I don't know if we have to figure out how to take them back, or we have to just make sure that the the the, the issue is that the, there's so many people who uh, not only believe but support some of this craziness. And you've got these Hollywood celebrities and musicians that go out and push it. And these young kids listen to them. And we're growing a generation of kids who are growing up to not only um, hate the country, not know anything about it, um, have gotten farther and farther away from religion and church, God. Um, They're hearing this nonsense about the 1619 Project. They're hearing that there's more than two genders, and um, they're seeing people like Demi Lovato come out and say, "Well, no, I mean, it's just, it's just a barrage. It's a nonstop barrage." Yeah, it's a barrage of stupidity, and not only do they not uh, learn, you know, things about the, you know, things I, about their country and learn to love their country, they don't even like themselves very much. Well, I know you say stupidity though, and I, I just wonder if that's the right word because I, I don't think it can be. I don't think you can break it down to just that base level. Say it's stupidity. It's it's dangerous, um, and it's very impressionable if they're not getting, if they're not getting something, either from the parents. From the, they're certainly not getting anything from the schools. Uh, if you're not getting it from either your parents or maybe a religious, if you, I mean, I don't know. I got to be honest. There's times, there's times I'm in church, and I'm not too fond of the homilies either, because they seem to have a uh, at least where I am. A strong left-wing tilt to them. But that's just me. So when you say it's stupidity, yes, obviously. But I just wonder if that's maybe letting it off the hook a little too easy. Well, it could be. It could be that, you know, when you try and ask some of these people about some of these things, say a Demi Lovato, uh, it's either that they're stupid or they're lying to you. It's one or the other. It's not both. Either they truly believe this, which, you know, if this is what they've learned, then they're stupid, uh, or they know what they're saying is wrong and they're purposely lying to you because they're trying to go with this narrative. Everybody's cool. Hey, I'm not a he or a she. You know what? Tell that to your gynecologist, because I bet you have to make an appointment to go because you are a quote-unquote she. There are certain things about science you cannot get around. And just because you say, oh, well, I'm a guy, or I'm a this, or I'm that, doesn't change the fact that when you're dead and buried and they pull up your bones, the the, the scientists 2,000 years from now will be like, this was a female, this was a male. That's it. There's only two. Yeah, well said. By so, the way, well said. So it, 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 it's just it's infuriating when you see some of this stuff, and and he made some great points in this article because, you know, you talk about we have to make this. You know, how do we get control? We have the control. We just don't realize it. When the when you see parents are rising up across the country, and they're taking back their school boards, that's control. That's what they're afraid of. That's what the left is afraid of because they've infiltrated and they get control and they think they think everybody's going to listen to us. No, they don't have to. And I think 
that's where it starts in these smaller smaller arenas, in the local mayor's races, in, in the school boards, and stuff like that, where the people can just say, you know what, we're voting you out right now, and there's nothing you can do about it. Because you're not, you're not advocating for our kids the way we want you to. Uh, we pay your salary. So guess what? You've just been fired. Cut That's 18, the way it's got to work. Yeah, cut 18 uh, going down this road. We never got to this last night. Randy Weingartner, the president of the teachers union, went on C-SPAN for what she thought was going to be a nice chat with some callers. Here's a little what she faced. Roll it. Uh, Ms. Weingarten, uh, as you can imagine, the Wall Street hey, Journal. Randy, Randy, please call me Randy. Uh, Ms. Weingarten, <laughs> uh, the, the Wall Street Journal editorial uh, side took uh, an editorial to the change of heart that you expressed, and they wrote in part this in a recent editorial. They said, "All teachers can now get vaccinated. Soon, all teenagers who are more likely to spread the virus than younger children will be able to. That has made it even harder for unions to defend their school shutdowns." Hence, Ms. Weingarten on Thursday pivoted to calling for reduced class sizes and adding more building space for social distancing. Both will require hiring more teachers, i.e., more dues-paying members. They add the word "cha-ching" and then go on to say, "The pandemic has been a catastrophe for millions of children, but has turned out very well for Ms. Weingarten." Garden and her union. How would you respond to that? Look, you know, I'm going to call where I see it. Um, the Wall Street Journal, and I'm disappointed in them. They will, you know, they're into the misinformation campaigns of picking and choosing what they want to pick and choose to um, try to make a case. It's just flatly wrong. Anyone who knows educators in America know that we want to be in school. Weingarten, uh, the CDC put out school reopening guidelines earlier this month. The New York Post had a recent story saying that your organization uh, at least resulted in direct communication with the CDC with a couple of, uh, of those principles being suggested by your organization and the CDC taking them. Can you explain what this story is about? Well, the, you know, the CDC was doing its job and we were doing our job and everything. So essentially what happened was the CDC in February and March basically asked um, all sorts of different organizations to sit down with them and give them um, comments about what they thought was important. They talked to parent organizations, they talked to the two unions. And one of the things that we didn't see in the CDC um, uh, you know, draft, and they explained what their draft was, is that um, that there were variants that were right around the corner in Great Britain. Look, there's this variant in India that I'm very concerned about. So this is normal rulemaking, frankly. This is what every administration yeah. used to do. Um, the um Enough for her. That's not even the, the clip I thought it was. Gee, I think I gave you the wrong one. There's one that she takes calls from parents, which is the one I thought that was. And then they just waylay her on what's going on in the public school system. And, 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 and it's pretty much around the country. There's, you know, some obviously need blue states are obviously worse, but it's right. just pretty much everywhere.
live from Studio 6B. <clears throat> Excuse me. 30 minutes past the hour. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Rick Delgado's doing the news tonight. Rick M. Roddy's going to do sports coming up. Geo Fran holding it down. Uh, I've got some good stuff to get to. i got a little more on Israel Netanyahu. He was out today in front of the cameras. i got a couple things from him. But right now, let's do Crazy Town. Let's jump into the press briefing room. We haven't seen Jen Pisaki in a while. Uh, but she was there today. The question is, was she missed having been away for a few days? Let's find <laughs> out. Crazy out. Town, roll it, G. Got a little ahead of the two minutes. What a reception. Seems okay. Okay. Um, Who doesn't love a chart? Uh, So here's a little chart of the weekly unemployment claims just to show you all uh, the trend. Oh, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I'm going to take a assess in that exact term, in that exact phrasing, but I will tell you this. Um, You know, I certainly, we certainly expect that. Uh, the leaders will discuss ways the United States can support uh, the so South Koreans fight, South South support South Korea in its fight Ooh. against COVID-19. Uh, and uh, they have been to I'm sorry, say that one more time. I wish there was a daily ball moving <laughs> monitor. You guys would probably love that too. It um, doesn't always work that way. I expect the talks of Republicans to continue beyond tomorrow. There are some Democrats on the we'll see. talking about talking about it's time to just move on. Look, the president's view and uh, the view of senior members of this administration is that uh, he was elected. The American people expect him to work with members of both parties, to attempt to work with members of both parties to get business done on their behalf. And he's doing exactly that. Will President Biden press uh, President Moon to join the Indo-Pacific Quad? And if South Korea is not a part of the Quad, does that kind of leave a big hole in your hopes of containing China? Well, uh, the Quad has four members, so not to be too mathematical about it, but um, I would say that that already exist. Um, uh, There are uh, a range of other entities that are uh, less likely to pay their fair share of taxes. So um, we will be, um, you know, continue to be absolutely clear about that. Uh, But there are, uh, and uh, we... (laughs) That, that is very clear. That is our position. Very clear. But has any Nothing clear. been made through the lens of the White House? Well, here's what's progress. Uh, we have Democrats and Republicans, the ranking members of, uh, of a range of important committees in the Senate, having so no. discussions with members of our senior White House team, a Democratic administration, about the agree an agreement that we need to invest in our nation's infrastructure. Yeah. Are we on the same page on every component of how it should be paid for or on the numbers? No. Do we know it will have a successful outcome? Uh, no. <laughs> no. No, we don't. To Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, Adam Kinzinger, and uh, to represent the Republican Party? No. Do they act like Republicans? No. Do they vote like Republicans? No. Are they the ones we always call over to the White House for the photo ops for the cameras, the suckers that come over? Yes. I love how she walked in. Hi, everybody. Nobody, <laughs> Crickets. No, it, was, it was like Biden yesterday. Boy, you're a dull class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Biden ripping off Reagan thing has really picked up some steam, huh? Everybody's, everybody's got it now. Uh, I mean, when you go back and listen to Reagan and what he actually said, and then Biden tried to rip it off, and he couldn't even get it right. They couldn't even write it down correctly. Or if they did, he couldn't even read it. Man. I don't know. Well, Jen doesn't seem like she was too missed in there. No? 
from nope. that reception which you walked nobody in. applauded no it wasn't it wasn't wasn't a great reception so all right let's do some more news with rick delgado what's else going on all right turning the spotlight to uh real america's voice's own Tudor Dixon. All right, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Turns I'm fired out the, up for this. Turns out the conservative commentator yeah. that they call her. Um, well, she announced today that she's going to be running for governor of Michigan. <laughs> yeah, look out, Ava. <laughs> Tudor's coming. She said, I'm excited to announce that I'm running for governor to get Michigan back on track. Uh, we will restore our state and help Michiganders or Michiganders uh, build their American dream once again. Let's do this, Michigan. Dixon, who's the host of America's Voice Live, is entering what is expected to be a crowded GOP primary, considering the backlash that is going on over Democratic Governor Gretchen Widmer and how she has how much she has faced in her handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. Residents say her strict and prolonged health safety mandates throttled the state economy and that she and her husband flaunted the rules that they made. Other bold name conservatives uh, as potential candidates include former Republican Senate candidate John James, who I think we can agree is probably the, the leading candidate. I would think I would think he's going to be tough. And RNC committee chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel. Not tough. No. But you know what? She's, she's done a You know what? Trump kind of liked her, and she did a pr- pretty solid job. Let me say it again. Not tough. But not tough. So the Michigan primary uh, elections take place in August of 2022. So we've got plenty of time between now and then. We'll see how this uh, campaigning goes. And uh, Well, good, good for Tudor. First of all, she's one of the nicest people. I mean, and I haven't... Uh, spent a ton of time with her but i mean the time that i have spent with her at cpac and other places she seems like a sweetheart and she's been on this show and she's smart and funny and i can tell you this she's she's running because she thinks that she can make a difference right so and that's what you need to know she's not some like the phony you have there now who's just i mean oh god (laughs) she's about the worst she's about as bad as it i mean she's the worst i mean cuomo knew some uh, the fat guy from Illinois and, and and Ava Perone. That's it. I mean, that's the that's the real squad. The four worst uh, politicians, other than now, oh, you got to throw De Blasio in there. Yeah, oh, yeah. And Pelosi, and Swalwell, Schumer. Schumer yeah. <laughs> Actually, the list is pretty long. Let's keep she's, coming. <laughs> she's. Uh, I mean, she's abysmal. So, well, good for Tudor. I mean, she's going to need a lot of help. She's going to need to fundraise. She's going to need to. She's going to need to do a lot of things. And she's going to be up against strong, you know, John James would be tough if he runs. Is he, is he absolutely declared? Uh, I, I believe so, yeah. But here's the so. thing you're seeing, and I'll use Tudor as an example. And my guy in California, of who's course, who's... Um, you got a guy? Well, yeah, me, Kevin. He's my guy. Oh, that guy, yes. Me, yeah, Ke- he's, <laughs> me Kevin. He's, you, what you're starting to see, and I hope we see more of it, is you're seeing um, younger conservatives or even libertarians or even i mean i don't even know what me kevin i don't know what kevin i think it's kevin pathrath i don't <laughs> I, I don't even kevin. know where he would stand obviously i mean there's certain things i think we probably don't agree with but he has a 20-part plan that he put out for california and i'll tell you there's a lot of it that i think would be fantastic for california and i think he's pretty agnostic i don't think he's hard right hard left i don't think he's um i think he wants to get stuff done he wants to be pragmatic he wants to look at the dollars and cents and go, I can spend these dollars and cents way better. I can get way more done. I've been in the private sector. I understand. 
This is a guy who went to California with not, at least as much as I understand his story, with not that much uh, in his pocket. He's built himself about a $50 million portfolio, half of it in stocks, half of it in real estate. Guy's been in the private sector, employs all kinds of people from what I can tell on his team. And he's just smart. And you listen to him and he's just pragmatic. And he's a Democrat. Okay, so there you go. I would have never even known that. Wow. If you asked me what he was, I, I, just like I just said, I'm not even sure where he falls. Well, you I don't know think what? he's hard right, he's hard left. He's just, he seems pragmatic to me. No taxes. No state taxes for anybody who makes $250,000 or less. Now, let's start there. Is that one of his, uh, is that one of his platforms? Yep. Future schools. Which the concept, I can't even explain it here because I don't have it all in front of me or know it well enough. But just, I'll get a, we'll see if we can get him on. I don't know if he'll come on, but I know he went on Kennedy on Fox Business. He's been on other places. Well, he's an outsider, of course. He's a Democrat. He's running to replace uh, Governor Gavin Newsom should the recall effort against him succeed. Let, let me, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah, you, but ahead. let me just, t- let me just say this. <laughs> he is not a Democrat under, under the current what, Democrat. G- right. yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So he could, he may call himself that from prior whatever register what is he's registered as, but if you listen to him and what you're used to in California, he sounds like Ronald Reagan. So, yeah, and that, and that is uh, meet Kevin. His name his full name is Kevin Pafra. He's a California real estate agent and social media personality known as Meet Kevin. He declared his intent to run for governor, and it was his most successful Instagram message to date, he told Fox News on Wednesday. And he also called the, the incumbent. He said he might be a weenie baby. Yeah, that's right. And, <laughs> and by the way, he is, now, um, he is now starting to understand what it is to come up against the left. Yes. Because his Instagram uh, got pulled. His Wikipedia page has now gotten pulled. So if he's a Democrat, uh, they're starting to take notice that he's not your typical Democrat because the Wikipedia, uh, Wikipedia page has been pulled. His Instagram post got pulled. Uh, so he's soon going to understand if he, gets, if he gets some momentum here. He's going to start to come up against the Zuckerbucks and Facebook and donations to Newsom and everything else. He's going to start to see. Uh, what it's like. He's going to come up against the machine. He's already starting to get a little taste of it now, but he is absolutely my choice for California. There's no one who's going to run that would do a better job that I could imagine running. Because when you look at California, they have the worst representation, well, other than maybe New York, Illinois, and Michigan. And he seems to be pretty at home in front of a camera, so, you know, he can think on his feet probably pretty quick. He'll be able to uh, kind of spot the nonsense questions that people come come to him with, and he's a, he describes himself as an underdog D Democrat. He's twenty nine or thirty years old. Yeah. Forty million dollars he's built a net worth. He understands the private sector. He understands spending dollars, taxation, business, uh, travel, roads, infrastructure, schooling. Seems to be a big supporter of the Second Amendment from his proposal. Uh, he's a proponent of legalizing gambling and taxing it, finding revenue in other places other than overtaxing the citizens so that they're running out of the state. I'm, not, you should look, I'm telling you, if you're in California, 
Should meet he's, Kevin. He's my guy. Meet Kevin. <laughs> go meet Kevin. Go meet Kevin. Because he's recognized that the rules and regulations have gotten tighter. Rents and taxes climb. Workers and businesses alike are leaving in unprecedented numbers. He himself, I guess, was talking about leaving for the last three years. And it's always been a serious consideration, he said, because it's impossible to do business here. But he said, you know what? He decided to stay and run instead. No, good for him and good for Tudor and good for a lot of these. Uh, hopefully we start to see these good, young, uh, conservative uh, and, and more than conservative. Mean, yes, conservative. But I, I think um, common sense, just common sense. We've gotten so far away from just basic common sense and decency. And then and, and looking out and put it, you know, Trump, America first, citizens first deal. Yeah. That's what we need more of. Yeah, to wrap up with uh, Meet Kevin, this is what he says about the government. Uh, I guess he's talking about the California government because he's been, uh, he's been dealing with statewide housing issues for the last 12 months. He said the government feels like, like a cancer you can't get rid of. And the sad thing is that cancer doesn't even like itself. The people working, the teachers, the people working for unions, the people working in buildings and safety departments, they're miserable too because they don't want to work with miserable people making other people's lives miserable. Yeah. If you're running for any office in California politics and you're not a declared conservative Republican, which is not many of them, and you, some of your first things that are coming out of your mouth is let's get government out of the way, uh, that, that's your guy. That's a great, that's a good starting point because there's not many that want less. They all want more. to the hour live from studio 6b on a thursday night glad you're in real america's voice dish network channel 219 pluto tv channel 240 of course all your apps make sure you follow us on social media at lfs6b on twitter facebook.com slash lfs6b of course on uh rumble parlor youtube all of them you can find us make sure you like and follow us wherever we are uh, Facebook page continues to grow, but not fast enough. We need to get the, uh, over a hundred thousand on Facebook. So you got to go follow the Facebook page if you can and like the facts. I don't know what the numbers are at. What are we at G on Facebook? Do we know how many followers we have? I think we need to get the, uh, we need to do an, a two hour on show like we did with slick Rick here. Yeah. I mean like a telethon, like a telethon, yeah. get the followers on, um, Get the community grown. We got to get the community grown on the Facebook page. I'll just check it here. Sixty-five thousand eight sixteen. I mean, it's that's 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 junior. You know, it's like junior high stuff. We need to get to the majors here. We need to get this towards a hundred thousand followers on the Facebook page. Facebook.com/slash/lfs6b. Uh, so I'll keep a track on those numbers here for the last hour and fifteen minutes of the show. See if we can at least get it over seventy thousand tonight. Would be good. So. 
All right, let's do some sports. And here with that is at Slick Rick Sports on Twitter. Rick Amorati, what's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Well, round one, PGA Championship. Great golf weekend. Kiwa Island Golf Resort. Kiwa Island, beautiful South Carolina. This is an $11 million purse, par 72 course. And the leader after one round, Corey Connors, the Canadian. He shot a five under 67 today. And in second place, we got a six-way tie at three under, two strokes off the lead, which includes Brooks. Kepka and Good. a round of others. Okay. And who you have other question? I know. What are you going to ask me? <laughs> no, who else was tied with Kepka in second place there? Uh, Any other names? Yeah, I, I don't have those uh, the other names. No, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll bring that up in the second round. I didn't, I didn't come all, but I did get the Rory score, and Rory shot a three over 75 today. Oh, and good. He's now tied uh, with last weekend's winner, K.H. Lee, and 18 others at number 89. All right. Very <laughs> good. Uh, right. It's a well, good start for Rory. Here yeah. we go. We're back on track. I, got I think the... Phil Mickelson's uh, sitting at eighth, uh, which is actually, he's like he's probably like the seventh person. After the six and the one, he's sitting at uh, eight. So he's, he's doing okay. pretty good. Kiowa yeah. Island's a beautiful course. Yeah. A little bit of wind concerns coming off the course, though. You know, 11, 12-mile-an-hour winds. They, they do think it's going to affect the weekend just a little bit, you know, on the long well, drives. you're going to win a major. You're going to have to deal with that. Hey, no and question. I do have a, a leaderboard, Rick, since I do have access to a computer. If you, no, it if doesn't you, matter. No, we'll, you don't we'll, care? We'll get it. No, okay. no, no. So. What else right. in sports, Rick? Uh, well, we have another play-in uh, game tonight. Um, we have the Pacers and the Wizards. Pacers are down in uh, D.C. Right now, the Wizards lead 50-34 to 34, midway through the second. Russell Westbrook, who's been a beast this year, he leads all scorers with 12 for the Wizards. The winner of this game will go on to play the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia 76ers, my guys, and that game should take place on Sunday. Um, and then, of course, the uh, Warriors, uh, you know, they're, they're just going to be fighting for their lives uh, uh, you know, try to stay going with Steph Curry, but uh, you know we'll see. We got the Heat and the Bucks on Saturday. That's that's a good playoff game. Minnesota and the Clippers also on Saturday. Celtics and the Nets. That's the uh, the marquee game at eight o'clock. That's going to be a good one in Brooklyn. And then the uh, the nightcap is going to be the Trailblazers and Nuggets all game ones. Who are the uh, two teams that your team may play? Uh, the Sixers are going to play either the Wizards or the Pacers right now in the okay. play-in. Either we'll, one of those teams scare you. Um, they both do. Everybody scares me. I, Philadelphia, good number one seed, but I think they've built more for the regular season. I'm, I'm concerned about them in the playoffs. Ooh, I am okay. concerned. Although Joel Embiid uh, is a finalist for the MVP, along with uh, uh, Steph Curry and, uh, and and Jokic. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But okay. uh, we'll keep an eye. Uh, and then we also have the Hawks and the Knicks. Big D. They expect 15,000 people in the Garden. Man, boy, how New York has changed. Huh? They're going to let 15,000 people go into the Garden Sunday. And meanwhile, you, you had to be 25 feet away from anybody and if you wanted to dine inside just a couple months ago. So high demand for tickets. That's a hot ticket in the Garden. And, and I will not be uh, one of them. Yeah, Who I know you NHL action right now to Lightning, who lead uh, the series 2 nothing. This is game three down in Tampa. They're up 5-3 to three over the Panthers, looking to take a commanding lead. Uh, and in uh, Uniondale and Nassau Coliseum on Long Island, where uh, Paul Nolan is right now, the Islanders not looking good. After two periods, trail the Penguins 3-1. to one. Pen- Yeah, Penguins looking to go up 2-1 to one in the series. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what's going on there. I mean, if the Islanders should lose tonight, there's a possibility that Saturday 
Saturday may be the last game in the history of the Nassau Coliseum. But I don't want to put that out there. Paul would probably throw something at me. Uh, and the Maple Leafs right now, um, trail the Canadians one nothing, And we have some news. Center and star of the Maple Leafs, John Tavares, was taken off the ice on a stretcher, which is very rare in hockey. There was a, a serious collision in the first period. And uh, Tavares, who was their star, was, uh, was taken to the, believe, to the hospital. So who we'll used to be on. your star. Yes, I uh, wonder if there was a big roar in the Coliseum. No, just kidding. They weren't very happy the way he left the Islanders. But uh, regardless, uh, you know, John Tavares, we, we hope and pray that he'll be okay. And then tonight, we got a good one. The Golden Knights, the Vegas Golden Knights, are going to take on the Minnesota Wild. Uh, and that series right now is tied 1-1. That's been a great game. And then uh, Capitals and Bruins. Capitals have uh, now trailed the Bruins 2-1 after a great overtime, double overtime win last night by the Bruins. Uh, so, really, hockey just ple- heat up great playoff games really enjoyed there's nothing like good hockey playoff games and uh, we got Major League Baseball. Six games already went final. Busy afternoon in the Major Leagues. Giants crushed the Reds 19-4. to They had a nine-run third in inning, and they swept the uh, Reds four games straight. Rays, Rays over the Orioles. The Rays have now won seven in a row. They won 10-1 to today. They're also looking good. Yankees uh, won 2-0 over the Rangers. Good, very good day. Um, coming off Corey Kluber's no-hitter last night. So uh, Yankee pitching really starting to get it together. And and uh, they're looking good. Cubs over the Nationals, 5-2 to two earlier today. Astros over the Athletics, 8-4. to four. Uh, Stros, uh, Martin Maldano, Maldonado had knocked in three runs. Angels over the Twins, 7-1. This is a doubleheader. This is game one. Uh, Philip Gosselin knocked in four for, the, uh, for, the, for L.A. And uh, right now the Marlins, 3-0 over the Phillies in the fifth. Braves trail uh, over the Pirates, 3-2 in the fourth. Red Sox, 5-3 over the Blue Jays, also fourth. Twins, 5-3 in the second nightcap game over the Angels. And the Diamondbacks visit uh, the Dodgers out in L.A. at 10-10. Tim Tebow signs with Jacksonville Jaguars as tight end. It's official, Big D. Michael DeRico of ESPN staff writer uh, reporting. Jacksonville, Florida, Tim Tebow's attempted NFL comeback has officially Begun. The 2007 Heisman Trophy winning quarterback signed his contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars earlier today as a tight end, reuniting him with Urban Meyer, his former head coach at Florida. And boy, did they do some damage down in the SEC SEC with Florida. Uh, Tebow signed a one-year deal and was on the field today for the team's off-season program as he sets out to compete for a roster spot. Tebow joined his new team on the field wearing number 85. Uh, Quarterback Gardner Minshew has number 15 for now and took part in volunteering voluntary closed workout. Maybe, uh, you know, you can give him a little bit of money if he makes a team. He might be able to get that number. I want to thank the Jaguars for the opportunity to compete and earn the chance to be a part of this team, Tebow said in a statement. I know it will be a challenge, but it's a challenge I embrace. I am dedicated to taking the direction of our coaching staff and learning from my teammates. I appreciate everyone's support as I embark on this new journey. Now, I'm not a Jaguar fan, but I am a Tim Tebow fan, and I am rooting for that young man. I really hope at 34 years old he can come back because him and Irma Maya are taking a lot of crap from the media and I don't think it's fair. Give the man an opportunity, and uh, let's see if he can make that 53-team roster. It's going to be a lot of fun, and that's a wrap in sports for this segment, Big D. Okay, Rick, thanks very much. Uh, We'll do more sports in the second hour. Anything quick in news, uh, Rick, you want to cover before we hit the break? Yeah, real quick, we were talking about uh, the Israel and Palestinian situation. Turns out just this afternoon, a little while ago, Israel's security cabinet voted to accept a ceasefire, a move that comes as the country has been locked in a regional conflict. Sources present at the meeting said that the Israeli Defense Forces will stop airstrikes against Gaza right away. 
according to the Jerusalem Post. The source said that if Hamas resumes shooting rockets, though, towards Israel, the IDF will resume operational activities and the ceasefire will be immediately canceled accordingly. So, Well, you know, I have a report from the Jerusalem Post that talked about this whole military operation and what some of the numbers are. And, I mean, you really wouldn't believe the care that Israel takes in, in some of these strikes. It's just, the numbers are actually quite astounding. I'll go through them in an hour or two. All right, live from Studio 6B, more to do. Glad you're in. Hour 2 coming up. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. And of course, as Damon likes to say, find us on Facebook, find us on all the socials, smash the like, follow us, share us with your friends as we try and grow the numbers of the show so we can, uh, you know, reach more and more of you people. And, uh, you know, hopefully you'll enjoy what you see here. Uh, Rick Amorati's got sports. Rick, what's coming up in the uh, at the bottom of the hour? Well, I have a great story that Fran shared with me earlier about some technology that you're not going to believe that was used by uh, a major league, or actually a minor league baseball team. Uh, nice. We have a couple other stories as far as we're going to be updating the scores, and uh, we'll also be talking a little bit about Julian Edelman. Doesn't look like he's going to be coming back to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. Seems like his retirement's going to stick, huh? I think so. All right. Well, you know, you never know. Things might change. Uh, real quick before Damon comes back in, let's jump in and do some news. It turns out that, uh, well, Trump supporter and Georgia GOP state rep Vernon Jones. You might remember this guy. He made uh, he made big, big news about a year ago when he changed parties. He left the Democratic Party and became a Republican. Well, he wants to replicate the 2020 election audit in Georgia in his home state. Jones, who is uh, posing a 2022 primary challenge to Governor Brian Kemp, said said that he'd order such an audit if elected governor. In Arizona, the state's GOP-led Senate is having an outside group conduct the audit in the state's populous Maricopa County. Trump last year narrowly lost the once GOP-reliable Arizona and Georgia elections. Georgians, he said, still have questions about irregularities found in the 2020 election, and they deserve answers, Jones said. If Mr. Kemp refuses to demand an audit, then I will when I am elected to replace him. So there you have it from uh, Trump supporter Vernon Jones vowing to do an Arizona-style 2020 election if he becomes the, uh, the new governor of Georgia. And again, it, you know, it's one of those things where more and more people do have questions, and when you have questions and you're not getting answers, and this guy is saying he vows to bring those answers to the table, well, let's see what he does, and let's see what happens in the, uh, in the primary challenge to Governor Brian Kemp. Also, now th- this will have Damon running back to the table, I'm sure. The IRS says cryptocurrency transfers over 10K will now need to be reported. 
the hell are they talking about? <laughs> See, he's back. <laughs> Just as cryptocurrencies are seeing one of the most volatile weeks in recent memory, the IRS has cut in, and they, they want a cut of the $2 trillion market. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> they, Shocker. Yeah, the IRS disclosed on Thursday that businesses that receive crypto assets for fair market value of more than $10,000 will need to be reported. Well, I don't think there's... I don't think there's many businesses that are accepting it right now as uh, as payment. Is that what you said? They yeah. I don't think there's much of that going on. Well, we'll see. I mean, uh, Musk was talking about it for, for Tesla. And I guess he's still going to accept them, but he's just not going to buy any more. This was detailed. Well, no, uh, he's not accepting them. I thought he said he was going to accept them for business transactions no. only. No, he came back and said no more because he's worried about how they get mined. He will not accept Bitcoin anymore as payment for Teslas. He took them off the website about a week ago, which started the whole rigmarole and this whole what's happened in the last week. That was kind of the, the beginning of the FUD, as they call it, right. of him saying, well, you know, on second thought, we're not going to accept Bitcoin because I'm too worried about the energy cost and the energy uh, consumption to mine it and what that's going to do to the planet. Oh, that's right. He did say he was going to keep his investment or, or Tesla was going to keep their investment. Yeah. They're going to keep the investment on the books as a store of value, which they should, because they've got enough cash, as is going to Michael Saylor and some of these other places. But well, I, don't, I don't know. Musk has been very, you know, if you're a shareholder of Tesla, you got it. I mean, man, that's pretty speculative, too, with him at the helm. I know he's a gen- the genius of our time, as some say. And Tesla, I mean, it's just, you know, but... Man, he seems to be kind of a loose cannon. If you're holding Tesla stock, that that may not be more. Uh, that's almost as volatile as maybe holding Bitcoin with this guy at the helm. Yeah, he seems kind of all over the place. But I don't know. Well, the IRS, like I said, disclosed this new uh, business business uh, dealings with more than ten thousand dollars being reported as part of the President Biden proposed American Families Plan, which also yeah. requested eighty billion in funds to modernize the IRS, which includes hiring new specialized enforcement staff, modernizing antiquated information technology. And just think about that. I mean, in, at a time where most people think we need. L- hate the irs want less of it he's trying to expand it and thinks he's going to modernize it (laughs) yeah the move will also crack down on bad actors they say who are using virtual currencies to commit crimes we don't know what crimes they're talking about but let's let's continue on crypto (laughs) cryptocurrency can i i'm just sorry there's just so much coming to my mind as you're reading this because it's so inane if they knew anything about it the whole idea of the blockchain is that every damn transaction is there's no there's so much more transparency than there is with dollars yeah it's all recorded on ledgers (laughs) (laughs) cryptocurrency already poses a significant detection problem by facilitating illegal activities they say broadly including tax evasion the plan explained uh colonial pipeline the largest u.s the largest in the U.S. just paid nearly $5 million in ransom after a group called Darkside, a Russian hacking ring, shut down its systems, creating a gas shortage up and down the East Coast. The guidance also comes as trading in virtual currency markets has exploded. Bitcoin, which touched a record 64829 has collapsed to below 40000 level this week on word that Chinese plan their own crackdown. Uh, SEC Chairman Gary Gensler 
who assumed his position in late April, has signaled he plans some type of regulation for the market, perhaps in tandem with Congress. Let me say a couple of things here. First of all, the China FUD is about four years old. China's banned and said they're going to ban for about four years running. This is nothing new if you've been in this space. It's just total fear, uncertainty, and doubt that people try to spread. It's just total nonsense. They shut it down. They didn't shut it down. They go after the miners. They don't go after the miners. They're, they're not going to allow it. They are going to allow it. It's the same thing for four years. Uh, as far as Gensler goes, Gary Gensler uh, taught, I believe, at Harvard or MIT, ran a, uh, taught a class on cryptocurrency and cryptography, and he understands it as well as anybody else does. Now, the only, I wish Brian Brooks was still at the OCC, but now he's over at uh, CEO of Binance. But there could be some very good things that come out of Gary Gensler. I, I don't look at Gary Gensler and immediately say regulation equals bad, because I don't think it does. I think there's certain things they could do um, that could be good for this space. But the idea that there's, there's less transparency in, in, in the digital asset space than there is in fiat currency is in, insane insane because that's just not true yeah all right so that there you have it that's what's uh going on as far as cryptocurrencies we'll see what else comes out of that as the days go on uh another story that should be affecting the the bottom line of the u.s this one number of states dropping federal jobless boost rises to 22 that means less money from the federal government this week indiana oklahoma and texas joined 19 other republican-led states moving to drop the 300 weekly federal jobless benefit boost in a bid to encourage the unemployed to get their butts back to work amid sky-high levels of job openings and business hiring woes the move by the three states to opt out of the up to $300 top-up, which was part of Biden's $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, brings the number of states to do so to 22. That includes Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas. I'm not going to read them all. Um, <laughs> the governor of Texas. Let me, let me guess who's not on the list instead of you see. reading them all. Is New York on there? Is uh, Illinois on there? Is Michigan on eh, there? Is California on eh, there? Pennsylvania eh, on eh. there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... Uh, the governor of Texas, the, the biggest state uh, of the lot, who is not going to be adding to the unemployment benefits, um, said that his state's economy is booming and that employers are hiring in communities throughout the state. He said, in, in fact, the amount of job openings in Texas is far greater than the number of Texans currently looking for employment, making these unemployment benefits no longer necessary. That, again, according to Texas Governor Gar- uh, Greg Abbott. Uh, in a further bid to encourage people to take jobs, some states, Arizona, New Hampshire, Montana, and Oklahoma, have announced plans to provide hiring incentives. New, New Hampshire's Republican Governor Chris Sununu said it on a May 19 tweet, Today we launched a summer stipends, stipends program to get people back to work and announced we're ending our participation in federal unemployment programs. The summer stipend program offers 500 to to $1,000 one-time bonuses for individuals who get a job that pays $25 an hour or less and to stay at the job for at least eight weeks. He said, let's get back to work. And this becomes as uh, Republican leaders and business groups have blamed the, blamed the generous unemployment benefits for creating a disincentive for people to take jobs and get back to work. So there you have it. Uh, yeah, basically... Uh, 
smacking back into the the, the face of reality is that uh, when you when you make it easier for people to not work, they won't take a job. So there you have it. Uh, House GOP report. This one coming from Just the News and being led by Devin Nunes. He is the uh, House Intelligence Committee Republican. Uh, he announced last night that the dangerous scientific research with China lends increasing credibility to the theory that COVID-19 may have leaked from a lab in Wuhan back as early as October of 2019. Uh, Nunes, the committee's ranking member and Republicans on a panel, issued a 21-page report laying out overwhelming open-source evidence supporting the theory that the coronavirus escaped from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, including a U.S. State Department memo from January revealing that several researchers at the lab were sickened with COVID-19-like symptoms in the fall of 2019. Media reports that there was no cell phone activity inside the WI, uh, yeah, WIV between October 7th and the 24th, su- suggesting a possible shutdown or blackout at the facility. Warnings from U.S. diplomats in China in 2017 that the Wuhan lab was conducting dangerous research on coronaviruses without following necessary safety protocols. And that's something we've touched on in the past. Recent scientific study concluding that COVID-19 has several characteristics that, when taken together, are not easily explained by natural zoonotic origin uh, hypothesis. And finally, China has a history of viral leaks from its research lab, including one in 2004 in Beijing, tied to an outbreak of the severe acute respiratory syndrome, earlier known as SARS. So you can read the full report. If you go to justthenews.com, click on the picture with Devin Nunes and see everything for yourself. Well, you should be going to Just the News every day to read everything you can because between um, the reports and John Solomon's podcast and obviously the water cooler with David Brody, uh, Just the News AM with Sophie Mann. I mean, they've just got great stuff. So, I mean, it should be your first place you stop. You know, for me, you before Just the News, it used to be Drudge. It used to be the first place oh, yeah. I went every single day. Now it's just the news. Yeah, Drudge is not even Drudge anymore. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, it, it is. It is a Drudge. It's like <laughs> drudging through the mud. Yeah. Sludge. Yeah, sludge. <laughs> sludge. A sludge That's report. A new name. Sludge. <laughs> Left wing sludge. <laughs> Studio 6B. Uh, let's just go back and put a wrap on the Israel thing here, G. Cut uh, 31. This is the other story that came out today. Um, after a meeting with a top German official, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu announced on Thursday morning that Iran had fired a drone with explosives loaded on at Israel. Here's the Prime Minister. Roll it. Uh, I just had a very productive meeting with uh, Minister uh, Maas from uh, Germany, uh, expressed our support 
for uh, the unwavering position of Germany in supporting our right of self-defense. Uh, and it comes from the heart, and not only representing the government, but the people of Israel in uh, our time of uh, need. So thank you. Uh, I described during our meeting that uh, while we're fighting on various fronts, the true backer of uh, much of this aggression is Iran. Iran not only supports completely the uh, Islamic Jihad in Gaza and gives them all the financing, they also give weapons to uh, Hamas as well as to Hezbollah, and they, they provide the scaffolding on which these organizations uh, really work. Uh, while we were engaged in these hostilities uh, a few days ago, Iran sent an armed drone uh, to Israel from Iraq or from Syria. Iranian forces launched a drone, armed drone, which our forces intercepted uh, on the border between Israel and Jordan. Uh, and that, I think, tells, says everything on uh, the true patron of terror in the Middle East and uh, in the world, Iran. I understand. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. And you've been, you've been uh, a great friend, and uh, it's said uh, with gratitude from the people of Israel. Thank you very much. You can count on me, and you can count on us. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think we can shake hands, even though you know, the COVID is in, <laughs> under control. Thank you. Now we're Thank under control. Thank you. It's too bad the prime minister couldn't get a you can count on us from the American president. Yeah. Because he certainly could have from the last American president, but this one, um, no, because this one's more interested in his relationship with Iran than he is with his relationship with Israel. And that's a fact. As was his uh, old boss back in 2008 from 2016. Uh, back to this article in The Federalist, President Joe Biden has a history with Iran. Given the Obama administration sent $1.7 billion to the terrorist regime, the news of Iran's activity comes on the heels of talks in the White House of re-entering the Iran nuclear deal. The Obama administration rolled back sanctions on Iran. The U.S. Justice Department under Obama released foreign spies, some of uh, who were known to be threats to national security. The Israeli Defense Forces, the IDF, confirmed Wednesday that Lebanon forces launched a rocket attack to which Israel retaliated. The Times of Israel reported that there had been three Lebanon-based rocket attacks on northern Israel, although none have led to fatalities or injuries. No damage has been done, uh, has been occurred, incurred either. Following the previous report regarding the sirens which sounded in the Lower Galilee, Four rockets were fired from Lebanon into Israeli territory, said the IDF. The uh, Iron Dome aerial defense system intercepted one of them, and the rest most likely fell into open areas. In response, IDF artillery are striking a number of targets in Lebanese territory. And you hear the crazy um, left-wing squad anti-Semites talking about Israel and this attack and making it sound like Israel is just doing this because they want to attack these places. There was, a, there was an article in the um, Jerusalem Post that laid out some of the numbers, the IDF, um, and how this whole, how their, their program here to defend themselves, how it's gone, and it's how it's shaped up to be one of the more accurate and precise military operations that the world has ever seen. Just to give you an idea, Israel has bombed over a thousand targets in Gaza, buildings, there was the report about the AP, that building that AP was held up in, tunnels, 
different Hamas positions. Uh, so far, the number of dead, the number fluctuates. And of course, any death is obviously, we, we don't wish any, any death, especially to civilians who are just going about their lives, obviously. Uh, according to Hamas, there's 227 dead. According to Israel, the IDF says 160 of those 227 are terrorists, which means 60 of the dead were civilians, which obviously is a tragedy. But when you step back and think for one second, a thousand bombs targeted Israel has in defending themselves. There are 60 civilian lives that unfortunately have been taken as they defend themselves against 4,000 missiles. They've dropped a thousand targeted bombs. There are 60 civilian casualties. You listen to these nutcases on the left talking about Israel and making it sound like they have no regard for life, no regard that they're somehow to be villainized, that they're somehow to be uh, 60 out of a thousand bombs. They have been so precise and taken such care to make sure there has, the loss of civilian human life has been to the lowest if they took the tack that Hamas took, how many do you think would be dead if they just launched for the sake of launching and hoped that they kill as many as they can? Yeah, you, so, probably, you probably wouldn't have many Palestinians left. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't be 60, I could tell you that. It would not be 60. And the other thing I want to bring to your attention is this vote on the floor, which I think we mentioned yesterday or the day before. It was brought to the House floor. I believe by um, Mast, Congressman Mast, who I believe is from Florida. If you remember, he was one of the uh, congressmen who was confronted leaving the White House back in the summer, the summer of love, as uh, the mayor of Seattle told us it would be. But he introduced a resolution, I believe, on the House of Representatives uh, to basically condemn Hamas and condemn these attacks. And I believe it also would have had sanctions applied, attached to it. Do you know that every Republican voted for it? And every single Democrat voted against it. It failed 217 to 209. Every single one voted against it. I mean, it's not even, it's not funny. I would chuckle because it's so mind, it's, you couldn't even get one. Couldn't even get one. 217 to 209. Well, they're under orders. You know? They're under orders. She, 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 you know, we're talking about Nancy the Nazi who wants to uh, demand, uh, I guess, papers proving vaccination now. Uh, she rules with an iron fist. And her members know that if they cross her, I guess she's going to send them to the gulags or something. Who knows what she's going to do? I saw um, Congressman Massey. Got a letter from her with a $500 fine for not wearing a mask on the House floor. And he took a picture of it and said, I filed this in the same file that I put the first one in the <laughs> circular file on the floor here. And then there's some video out. I don't know if it's from today of the Democrats in the White House mulling around there. It looks like they're having a party. I don't know what it was. All hugging and kissing. Hugging, yeah, no mask, including <laughs> Nancy Pelosi. 
Okay, so so under Bill's uh, uh, Biden's bill signing today, which we have a crazy town about. But there's all these Democrats on tape walking around, hugging, kissing, no mask, which was good for them, finally. But then you get old, uh, the evil witch of the West there, Pelosi, back in the house, and somehow it's different. So, I mean, I mean, she, you know, she should just focus on keeping her teeth in her mouth and her face not melting off and then and, and just leave. I mean, I don't know. She's just, she's lost it. the hour live from studio 6b on a thursday night glad you're in real america's voice dish network channel 219 pluto tv channel 240 tomorrow night uh real america's voice will cover live out in arizona major marjorie taylor green and uh representative matt gates kind of similar to what they did i guess a couple weeks ago they'll be out there talking to the voters i'm assuming about what's going on in maricopa county will be the focus of what they're talking about in the election America's Voice will cover it live. It may start during our second hour. Uh, we'll see. So, um, and then Harry in the in the <laughs> in the bus. Well, Harry, I don't know. <laughs> Harry. I love Harry, but who knows where Harry is? <laughs> Harry in the bus tour. Where's? Uh, here we go. Uh, May nineteenth. Well, that was yesterday. They were in Philly, so they're out of there now, and they're on their way to Lynchburg, Virginia. Right. Tomorrow, they'll be in Lynchburg. So we'll have a crew in Lynchburg, Virginia with the bus, Ben Burkwam, the great Ben Burkwam. And then we'll uh, be out in Arizona covering the other thing. And then what's the last date on there, G? I didn't see it. If you, you put that back up there. 22nd. Oh, that's right. They're down in Tennessee. Going to see uh, those country. Rook, Blake Shelton. <laughs> you know, I had a lot of people write us in when I was talking about taking the show to Nashville that who, oh, yeah? who thought that was a pretty good idea. Well, it's a, it's a good destination, I think, for a lot of people. I just don't know how many people we could uh, get there. I mean, I, we can't. I mean, we got to pack it out if we're going to go. Yeah. Well, what what so kind we'd of have to find a location? Right. I think that's the most important part. I would I would try to get to Clay Travis's deal. I think he has a bar there, or at least he's part he's part owner in some bar there. Yeah, I got a lot of followers that said they'd come. They drive three hours, four hours to Tennessee. Just to see your smiling No, face. I don't know about that, but I think there's the same I mean, show. for people to come that far, I think we'd have to almost do two nights. I don't know. Can we do one night and have people? I, nah, two nights. Uh, I yeah, think we'd I, have to I, do at least two. I think two I'd night, feel bad least, people yeah. drove three hours to come see this disaster and only see one night of it. <laughs> so I think you want to see two. <laughs> you want to see two nights yeah. of a disaster? Yeah, you see two awesome. Night, two nights of this circus in, in, in live. Um. Yeah. Well, we'll see. So, all right. Let's do some video. Let's do Crazy Town. G. We got another one here. Biden was out in front of the cameras today, so we always have a Crazy Town when that happens. Uh, let's see what happened in the. This is where the Democrats were all rolling around with no masks. Uh, roll it. 
right, Joe. <laughs> Don't trip, please. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's coming on stage like he's yeah. Garth Brooks. <laughs> oh, good. She's going to introduce him. Or not. Oh, I love that part where they point to people without a. Yeah. Hey, you. Hey, good to see you. Hey, Newt. We have a president of the United States. Oh, thank you. Oh, we do. And one Joe Biden. Who is committed to this work? What? He is she's starting to whisper. To I will quote from him: oh my God. "Give hate no safe harbor." And I'll tell you firsthand: I've seen what you know. His actions Cringe match his powerful worthy. words. Susan, progress huh? is possible. <laughs> We're moving. Good afternoon, everyone. I said from the beginning of my uh, campaign, Madam Speaker, that uh, the campaign for president throughout, and you would call me and tell me, keep it up, was about bringing people together. We need to, reunite, we need to unite. I'd like to thank the Congress <laughs> and the members who are here today, Democrats and nose, Republicans, who came together to get the COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act on my desk. Well, on a desk I'm about to sign. <laughs> it's important. Most of all, uh, Maisie, or sh sh Senator, <laughs> I called you Maisie, I apologize, maybe. <laughs> I called Chuck Chuck anyway, yeah. When you get involved, Tammy, you don't screw around. You just, uh, 94 to 1. I also want to thank the, uh, as I said, to, to, and to all, to all of the folks, all the people here today. The Vice President Harris and I, we went down to Atlanta to meet with Asian Americans. And the feelings were that's about where you those find feelings it. that they felt invisible, not seen. My sister Valerie and I talk about it all the time. You gotta speak up. Speak up and speak out. Speak and I'm gonna sign this bill, which is a great honor. <laughs> I don't know who's calling, but tell them we're busy. I was gonna say, unless it was my sister, but she's here. Actually, you should have you. I should put the table down the middle of all of you. Could be your wife. You can't keep them straight, there. remember. But thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Oprah. You get a pen, and you get a pen, and you get a pen. Maisie Hirono. By the way, who spews more hate than almost anybody? I like, Maisie Hirono. I like the fact that he says we. Well, you have to speak up. <laughs> yeah, <she's laughs> What'd you say, Joe? What'd you say, G? In my ear, I screwed up the opening. <laughs> what? Well, no, there was a part where when he first starts talking, you're like, what is he saying? But immediately before that, while you guys were laughing, Kamala's like, he's a man of such strong words. And the first oh, thing yeah. he says, you couldn't even hear it. <laughs> As I, with all due respect to the office of the vice presidency, though, is there any more, more cringeworthy and more phony uh. than her? Ever. Has there ever been anyone more phony, gold-plated, empty-suit phony than she is. She is so 
cringe <laughs> nails on a chalkboard. I don't even know how to describe it. She's up there with Hel- Hillary as far as that cringe, like, ugh. I'm going to be honest with you. you I think don't, she's worse? I, I, I think uh, she's worse. I think she's worse. I, I really do. I think she's worse in, in the cringe factor. Ugh. My Lord. She is so just awful. You sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm gonna stick with uh, I'm gonna stick with the uh, the current leader here. I think uh, I think Hillary's more cringeworthy. The, right. the thing is, we haven't seen or heard from Hillary much lately, so yeah, you kind of forget. All right. So speaking of the mask and Pelosi, let's do a couple things here that we have. Twenty one G. We'll start with this Pelosi on the CDC guidelines. The honor system, whatever that means, and uh, un- and her and her lunatic idea of people, uh, house members who are not vaccinated. Roll that. Oh God, she walks like Biden. They're, they're all the. It's like. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, Sunday mask. morning. We all hopeful, and I, I join the president in being hopeful uh, that we can reach a place where it is safe for people to be. What is this? The honor system. The honor system as to whether somebody has been vaccinated. Do you want them breathing in your face? Stop the strength no, no, Dan, <laughs> the question here is, have you been vaccinated? And any of your colleagues who are worried, the question to them is, have they been vaccinated? If they have, you have nothing, zero to worry about. You don't need to worry about what I've done or what Congressman Massey's done or any of these other ones. If you've done what's good for you, you don't need to worry about the rest of us. That's the point that no one ever confronts these people with. Go ahead. Honor. So let, let's just see. Um, let's just see. I mean, again, we have this is about science and governance <laughs> yeah, science, and science and governance. Understand. We have a responsibility science. to make sure of that the House of the Representatives chamber is not a Petri dish. Now, I'll, I'll stop for a second. Does she, is it me or does she look like she just came from um, <laughs> yes. Dr. Michael DeRosa's um, yeah. Botox? Oh, Either yeah. that or Special. Earl Scheib. <laughs> Earl Scheib. <laughs> she looks like she just came from Rejuvenation Solutions and got a little... Uh, little deal there yeah she i don't think she's blinked once i mean holy cow wow go ahead frozen for the uh, because of the selfishness of some not to be vaccinated or to insist or to wear a mask uh, because it, i mean we could come to a place where we say if you don't want to wear a, ma- a mask and you don't want to if you're not vaccinated don't even come to the floor we have facilities up above in the in the gallery where people can come to vote we don't want to deter anybody's ability to um exercise their constitutional duties. Oh, my God. Just, just <laughs> looking and sounding more like Joan Rivers every day. I was day. about to say, doesn't she look like Joan Rivers Exact. Now? Exact. Oh, wow. oh, my God. This is incredible. Except Joan Rivers was actually funny and yes, talented. And yeah. made more sense. Yes. Yeah. A blonde. Nancy Pelosi is just a, a raging lunatic drunk. Uh, what else is good here, G? So, uh, we talked about Israel. Uh, Saki was asked about Israel. Let's, uh, let's go 23. Let's hear what she has to say. Uh, Let's hear what she has to say about this. Roll that. 
Progressives in the House and Senate are hoping to block $735 million worth of weapons to Israel. Would the president ever go along with that? Well, let me first say that the State Department is overseas uh, arms sales uh, and any confirmation of those specific details or notifications that may yes or no? have gone to Congress. Uh, so I would let them speak to that specific proposal you're asking about. I will say that we've had a long abiding uh, security and strategic relationship with Israel that has been certainly the case for decades. As a candidate, though, President Biden boasted uh, that he was the only one in the race who had ever brought world leaders together to solve a major problem. There's a major problem in the Middle East right now. So why aren't the leaders and the people there benefiting from all of his foreign policy experience? Do you not count the 80 engagements we've had with countries around the world, including the president's call with the leader of Egypt, the four calls he's had with well, uh, the Israeli prime minister? Hold and a second. Well, what's going on <laughs> on the ground? What's going on on the ground? Do you think if the you think if Kaylee McEnany gave that answer, that would be acceptable? Or do you think it would be, well, the buck stops with you, pal. What's going on on the ground? No, we don't accept phone calls. If there's no action being taken, you're not defending our number one um, ally in the region, and you're ruining what's gone on the last four years. So from what we can see, no, we don't take that as any progress because it doesn't look like there's any progress. And, and telling our greatest ally in the region that they need to tamp it down as they're trying to defend their citizens and country from getting blown off uh the map no that we don't we don't take that as progress actually and your party has an anti-semi pro an anti-semi problem big one huge, huge one huge so no we don't take anything so far as progress you've made no progress you're ruining the the progress that was made quite frankly go ahead finish that the fact that there have been reports of a ceasefire well, of I, a movement toward a ceasefire i would say do you not count him telling Benjamin Netanyahu, who he says he's known for a long time, uh, to, that he wanted a de-es or that he expected a de-escalation by yesterday, and Netanyahu just ignoring him. Well, first of As all, I would say that we are uh, continuing to work toward that, and that uh, we have believed that they are in a position to start winding their operations down. And certainly that is what we've been conveying, and that no, is what we expect just, stop. to happen. <laughs> what, 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 how would she, or by the way, how would Biden even know that? They're not on the ground. When he's talked to him, all he's told him is he needs to stop, uh, he needs to tamp it down. How would she know that? We're, we believe they're in a position. Well, the rockets aren't coming at you. How would she know that they're in a position to start winding down? I, I mean, that, does that make any sense to anybody? <laughs> we had a lively discussion in the commercial break. I don't know. Geo, it's just sometimes I want to just wring his neck, but uh, he's funny. Uh, <laughs> time to do sports. 
Uh, sports report that I'm not going to say a damn word during. And here's uh, Rick Amorati. What's going on, pal? Well, you got a wild one in the Coliseum. I can't believe this Island the Penguin game. It's an actual bloodbath. There's been I don't know how many penalty minutes and fighting going on. The Islanders keep tying the game, and then Pittsburgh just answers with another goal. It's 5-4 with about two minutes to go. The Islanders just pulled their goalie. And again, whoever wins this game will go up 2-1 to in the series. So maybe we'll have a final score right before the end. I'm sure hey. Mr. Nolan's bitten off all his nails right now. I was going to say, did Paul jump on the ice yet? I was waiting for Paul to jump on the ice when there was a fight. I was going to text him and say, would you go and hit Crosby? But anyway, uh, we got third period, another great game. Lightning and Panthers, 5-5. Five to five. That game is heading to overtime. And uh, right now, the Lightning are up 2-0. So Panthers really need that game down in the Battle of Florida. Canadians and Maple Leafs tied at one in the third. And Golden Knights and Wild just underway down in Minnesota. We have uh, baseball, a couple of games still in action. Uh, Marlins blank in the Phillies, 6 nothing. That's in the seventh. Pirates 3-3 with the Braves in the sixth. Uh, Blue Jays went, just went ahead 6-5 over the Red Sox in the sixth. Twins 5-3 over the Angels in the nightcap. That's in the sixth. And Diamondbacks again visit the Dodgers. Speaking of baseball, I got a great little baseball story that Fran shared with me about a little bit of a, uh, an electronic meltdown here. The Renegades go renegade after video board meltdown. Embracing the ridiculous Hudson Valley utilizes low-tech solutions. This is from Benjamin Hill of At Ben's Biz. Never heard of that, but anyway. Nevertheless, on Saturday morning, Hudson Valley Renegades director of digital media and video production. You know about this, Big D. Zach Nobauer woke up to a troubling reality. The control room computer that serves as the hub for video board graphics and, vi- and the video had seen to function. Sometimes components go bad. We didn't have a replacement that it couldn't get fixed remotely, uh, said Newbauer. So basically you have a giant useless piece of machinery but the board still work. You just couldn't play anything. The Renegades high A affiliate of the New York Yankees was scheduled to host the uh, Aberdeen Ironbirds on Saturday evening. Technical difficulties or not, the show had to go on. Mm-hmm. So basically what they did is they took the video board uh, and they, uh, they actually put a camera on a whiteboard that you would use a grease pen to write on. And they were filling in the scores, as you can see here, and uh, who's pitching and the highlights. Producing the show that night was one Harry Oates. (laughs) (laughs) You're exactly right. Unbelievable. What a a Cracker Jack production. But nevertheless, they pulled it off. on his feet. (laughs) (laughs) They may have started a new trend. Who knows, Big D? NBA action. We have that one play-in game there. I think it's all over, but the crying. Wizards are up 103-77, late third. And the guy that scares me the most on the the Wizards is a gentleman by the name of Bradley Beal, young, upcoming stud player. He has 25 for the Wizards, and I think the Sixers are going to have their hands full. I think that's going to go seven games. I'm really concerned about that one. Uh, And speaking of the NBA, uh, the NBA fined Atlanta Hawks interim coach Nate McMillan 25,000 today for making comments Wednesday asserting bias by the NBA relating to the playoffs. He said the league announced this earlier. Uh, in a Zoom call with the media, McMillan, whose Hawks play the Knicks in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs, said the NBA wants New York in the playoffs. He said on the call, that's the message he has delivered to his team. Absolutely. I talked to, about that to the team a lot. Basically, I've gone so far as saying the league wants this. He said they need this. New York, this is a big market for the league. And New York has been out of the playoffs for a number of years. And this is a team that all league, they want to see. They're a huge fan base. Again, this is quotes. And they want to see New York in the playoffs. Uh, he even went so far as to say, we may not get a lot of calls going our way. And uh, so, anyway, the NBA jumped on that game, a $25,000 fine, and uh, we'll see what happens. That should be a good series. The Knicks, 41-31, and 31, are taking on the Hawks, who are also 41-31. Knicks got the home court based on a tiebreaker, and first game is Sunday night at 7 p.m. Big D might even watch that one. Trey Young's going to light him up. 
You think so? Yeah, he's he's good for Atlanta. But well, Knicks are looking Knicks good. Knicks defense Randall. is pretty good. Yeah. What do you think, Rick? You going to that game? Going? No. Oh, yeah, no way. Watching, um, yes. Okay. Seven medical professionals charged with homicide in the death of Argentinian soccer legend Diego Maradona, who was an absolute superstar in the uh, back in the 80s. This is from Chris Seawick of Yahoo Sports. Maradona died in November, two weeks after having brain surgery. He was only 60. Uh, following Maradona's death, an investigation was launched. Prosecutors charged seven people in the death, including his neurosurgeon, according to ESPN. Uh, Leopoldo Luque, the neurosurgeon who performed a successful brain operation on Maradona, and psychiatrist Augustina Costa. Uh, who cre- who uh, treated the former Napoli star, are among the seven individuals charged. The two have denied any wrongdoing. Prosecutors have asked that the individuals charged with the homicide not be allowed to leave Argentina. Uh, prosecutors also had a medical board review the actions of Maradona's medical team to determine how it handled the situation. The medical board found Maradona's medical team acted in an inappropriate, deficient, and reckless manner with Maradona. Leaked audio between Maradona's doctors and entourage also suggested Maradona was not treated properly leading up up to his death. Members of the medical team, including two nurses, a nurse coordinator, a doctor, and psychologist, were also charged in Maradona's death. If found guilty, those accused could face 8 to 25 years in prison. So we'll see how that plays out. He was the absolute number one beloved son of Argentina after uh, bringing them to a world championship. I believe it was back in 85 they won the World Cup, or 86. Uh, and last but not least, Big D, Julian Edelman says he won't join Tom Brady with the Buccaneers. I'm a one-team guy. Retired receiver is just fine having played his entire career in New England. This is from Jared Dubin of CBS Sports. Julian Edelman shot down any rumors of a chance that he will join former New England Patriots teammates Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Appearing on Michael Irvin's podcast, my Michael, uh, Edelman, Edelman stressed that he is done playing in the NFL and that he will not return to play with the former teammates in Tampa for a very specific reason. I'm a one-team guy, Edelman said, per NFL.com. Edelman retired earlier this offseason after 12 years in the NFL, spent his entire career with the Patriots, played 11 seasons as he missed the 2017 campaign with a torn ACL. He was converted from a college quarterback to a wide receiver and eventually became one of Tom Brady's most reliable targets as he played his role in three of the team's Super Bowl victories. For his part, Edelman noted that he is incredibly satisfied with the way his career turned out. And that's a nice way to close. But you know what, Big D? I'm not Buying that, I see that guy getting dragged out. In hey, uh, Julian, 10. Julian, it's uh, Tom. <laughs> week thirteen, and uh, Mike Evans just went down with an injury. We need a slot receiver. What are you doing? He'll be back. He'll be back. I agree. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. Let's go Islanders. That should be closing out. All right, thanks, Rick. Uh, what else? In uh, well, I, I mean, I have Saki here today. Rick <clears throat> asked about um, her party's. Um, Anti uh, semi problem, but you want to hear that, or do you have anything yeah. else in news? No, let's go with that because that's uh, you know that's that's a big issue with Democrats, uh, and they always seem to be lobbing that at everybody else, kind of projecting what they really are. All right, G uh, twenty five. Let's hear it. Roll it. Yesterday, Congresswoman Ocasio Cortez accused Israel of using American weapons to target media outlets, schools, hospitals, other sites. The other day, Congresswoman Omar called the Israeli Prime Minister an ethno nationalist. I know you've uh, talked about the White House's message to Democrats, but does the president specifically denounce these comments? I think we have a responsibility here to speak about this as it as it as the issue that it is, uh, uh, which is a conflict that is killing people okay, uh, so, in a region. <laughs> so right there, that's not a hard question to answer. Not going to answer. Uh, I'm sorry, but that's just not a hard question to answer. And the fact that she is, un, she is incapable of doing it 
tells you everything you need to know about this party. She is incapable of just saying yes. We denounce any language like that coming from anyone. And you know what's amazing is that probably most Democrats would be like, no, that's not us. That's not me. There's no way I identify with that. But because of people like this, the minority that is in charge of that party, dictating what is going to be allowed and accepted, everybody's going to paint with a broad stroke. If you don't denounce it as a Democrat, guess what? I guess you're okay with it. And that's, unfortunately, that's what she's doing. She's okay with it. Because she's and, and the president is OK with it because he's not saying, no, 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 that's uncalled for. You can't talk that way. A couple more seconds of this roll it, G. And and, uh, and our efforts to bring that to an end. The president doesn't see this through the prism of domestic politics. Um, he sees this through the prism of what role the United States can play as a leader in the global community to, that's not uh, the question. to engage in quiet, intensive diplomacy to bring an end to the suffering quiet. and the tragedy. Emphasis on, on the quiet. Ground. Just to follow up oh, That's on enough that, so- for her. She's not, she just doesn't answer the question. That's not the question. I thought the president sees his role as president. Is your party going to de- put up with language like that? As always, we salute our military active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs. Thanks, everybody, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks to Real America's Voice. Most of all, thanks you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We will see you tomorrow night. 8 p.m. to wrap up the week. We'll do some emails, have some fun on a Friday night. We'll see you then.